Hello there, and greetings to you. Welcome to Duel of the Takes, the movie and pop culture podcast that pins the wildest, most unpopular opinions head-to-head. -head. This week's topic of debate is a ranking-style challenge to determine all the Spider-Man movies from worst to best. My name's Nathaniel Martin, and I am joined by my regular co-hosts, Joshua Kubis, Alden Mason, and Jory Boston. Today, we are joined by special guest, PG Skizzies, a graphic designer, animator, and my all-time best friend. Let the games begin. It's another spicy one. We're ranking all the Spider-Man movies. We got the usual entourage here, but we got a special guest this time. Uh, Trevor, how would you like me to introduce you? Um, I expect you all to call me uh, PG Skizzies throughout the entire Discord call. <laughs> okay, PG. Our next guest needs no further introduction. He's my childhood best friend. He's the man with a beard who goes to West Virginia. He's going to be the greatest graphic designer of all someday. He's going to be a cartoonist. He's already making animated stuff now. He's PG Skizzies. Hello, everyone. How are you? And do you want to explain why your icon is Monty Mole with glasses? Uh, wasn't it a Josh who just said, I look like Monty Mole? I think it was me. Yeah, we're going to run with it. I like it. I mean, honestly, if you're going to be any character from Super Mario Bros. 3, Monty Mole's the one. I mean, it's got to be kind of a deep cut. He's a vibe. I feel like I have the uh, angry son from Super Mario Bros. 3 energy. I feel like I'm a uh, frog Mario. Alden's <laughs> definitely Tanuki Mario. Yeah, okay. I'm fucking free. <laughs> <laughs> what, Mace, what Super Mario Bros. 3 character are you? Is Bowser Jr. in 3? No, go fuck yourself. No. All right, we today we're talking about <laughs> Spider-Man movies. We're going to be ranking all of them. Trevor, since you're our guest, you can start. The way this is working, we all do get a veto, but we can't use the vetoes in the top three. And just like the Harry Potter video, the way the vetoes work, you can nominate another movie for that place if you strongly disagree, and then we'll take a vote over which movie's going in. All right, let's do it. Can I grab a beer before he picks? Remember that episode of Game Theory where they tried telling you that the entire um, Super Mario Bros. 3 is just a stage play version of the first Super Mario Bros.? Yeah, remember when that got confirmed? Wait, that was confirmed? Yeah, dude. Miyamoto. Game Theory kind of just feels like a fever dream. Yeah, remember Game Theory is a better question. Dude, talk about another famous YouTuber from Ohio. Talk about anybody from Ohio. Jake Paul. Uh, Logan Paul, Scott the Waz. Irate gamer. <laughs> he was he was from Ohio. There's like sirens outside my house. I don't know what's going on out there. Yeah, you're getting swatted, kid. For swatted for what? <laughs> Possession of white cloth. <laughs> People get swatted. For anyway, before Mace had to go get another beer, Trevor, what is your number eight? Let me take a look at the list here. I have Amazing Spider-Man 2. I also have Amazing Spider-Man 2 at my number 8. I am going to veto. What? Whoa. Whoa. Josh has used his veto off the bat. Let, let's let Trevor talk about it first. No, what are you nominating in its place? What I want in, this fit, in its place is Spider-Man Far From Home. Trevor, when you're ready, why do you think Amazing Spider-Man 2 should be at number 8? That movie's whole thing was Gwen Stacy dies in the movie. But going into the movie, everybody already knew that. So you're going in, and the whole movie, you're sitting on the edge of your seat waiting for this character to die rather than questioning what could happen next. 
so for me, it was a whole thing of expectation. And I mean, the movie really wasn't that great to begin with. Mediocre cinematography, uh, okay acting, but just waiting for somebody to die. Josh, why should Spider-Man Far From Home be at number eight? Far From Home is one of the worst depictions for Spider-Man for not only the adaptation of the character, but also a lackluster sequel. Peter Parker has now been a part of Civil War. He learned what it means to be Spider-Man in Homecoming, then gets stuck in space and brought back. This character has a lot of experience and still acts like nothing happened to him. Any kind of conflict they could they could have just makes him come off as a spoiled brat. Peter Parker shouldn't should be anything but spoiled. The way they treat Aunt May in the film is annoying. There is no explanation why she's cool with her teen nephew fighting alongside the fucking Avengers. The most important aspects of Peter Parker, such as Uncle Ben and responsibility, are not shown whatsoever in this film. Peter has a briefcase that was Uncle Ben's and it gets destroyed. He doesn't give a shit. Was Uncle Ben a bad person or something in these movies? Why did they care enough to have that Easter egg in the movie? but then, like, do nothing with it. Fans will say that Tony Stark is like the Uncle Ben. Whatever. If that's true, then it's even more idiotic when Peter gives his glasses the last gift Tony Stark gives to him when he fucking dies to some guy he just met. He had a total of two conversations with Mysterio. Mysterio was cool. He's just a Tony Stark villain, and Homecoming did that with Vulture, and Homecoming did it better. If you want to make Tony Stark a father figure for Spider-Man, I don't see a problem with that. But to actually, like, say in Homecoming he isn't the next Iron Man and then pull this shit and Far From Home makes zero sense and it's really annoying on the source material and really makes it frustrating for me to watch these movies. The romance with MJ was really rushed. I thought they were going to slowly build up to that romance, but no, he's in love with her in the beginning of the movie because that's how it's always got to be. They had an opportunity to take Spider-Man to a different country, to Europe. A lot of great cinematography opportunities there. Not the take a lot of people expects for the worst version, but I have a lot of reasons. You barely saw any wide shots. They didn't take advantage of any of that. The one scene I really like when Mysterio is messing around with um, Peter's mind, and there's those there's these uh, really cool visuals. Peter Parker in this film also has no problems. Why wasn't that the climax of the movie? Why didn't they continue that? Because the climax of the movie is just Peter versus drones, and it, it was one of the most anticlimactic things and i've seen in a marvel movie and this was right after endgame all right well thank you for that video essay i actually agree with a lot of what josh is saying he's kind of swayed me a little bit however i think that i'm gonna stick with amazing spider-man 2 as my number eight i think that both of these movies are just fucking boring which is to me the biggest sin that a movie can commit far from home at least has moments that i can think or like oh yeah that was kind of fun but amazing spider-man 2 doesn't have anything that i don't enjoy ironically i think amazing spider-man 2 has small glimmers of hope i think it's the best suit we've seen on screen i think the relationship between uh harry and peter was fine both actors had good chemistry and i bought it i agree with what josh was saying and it's the reason why spider-man far from home is very low on my list too and i, I although i think amazing spider-man 2 has higher highs than spider-man far from home in general, I would say it has more low points, like Trevor was saying. What is so bad about Amazing Spider-Man 2 is how quickly it derails from being a decent sequel. The acting, the chemistry is great. They did a fantastic job casting these movies. They're well shot. The costume design, the colors, everything. I love Amazing Spider-Man 2 on a surface level. Spider-Man Far From Home 
it's non-offensive. I think it gets the character wrong, but it got the character wrong in Homecoming. There's nothing new there. I disagree. I think Far From Home is far more offensive for the source material. Peter Parker in Homecoming was all about being a friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. And then in this one, he's he's working with S.H.I.E.L.D. He's working with Nick Fury. Doesn't give a fuck. I'm like, where where was the progression of this character? This is a little bit. We'll get there when we get there. But I do think that Homecoming is not as guilty as Far From Home is. Far From Home is a complete derailing of the character, whereas Homecoming, you could argue that it's another take on it. I know that that Alden likes Far From Home a lot more than the rest of us, and I kind of want to hear him make a case here. I, I get what the what Josh is saying about the source material and everything. It's also, we didn't see the progression, and that's kind of not, that was not a good move on Marvel's part. Relating to a lot of the animated stuff I watched when I was younger, I saw a lot of Spider-Man with the Avengers and it doesn't bother me that much that he's no longer in New York. Isn't like the friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. Like this is kind of the progression I expect to see in a universe that they're trying to build. I'm at, I'm at a weird place here because I like Amazing Spider-Man 2 more, but it's not a better movie. Not at all. I mean, dude, the second act going into the third of Amazing Spider-Man 2 is one of the biggest bra moments in cinema history. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It killed an entire franchise that was just rebooted. <laughs> yeah, it really did. I still like Far From Home a lot. I find if you're going to make a Spider-Man movie and you get all the fundamentals of it completely wrong and the character comes out as not even Peter Parker anymore, I think is way more offensive than just a bad Spider-Man movie with a passable Peter Parker in it. PG, what were you saying? Well, I was just talking about the character because I find that the character of Peter Parker in The Amazing Spider-Man 2 completely falls apart as well. You know, you want to see somebody who's kind of the lovable nerd who becomes the hero. But in The Amazing Spider-Man franchise, we see this skateboarder who's edgy and cool and everyone kind of wants to be him, whether they admit it or not. And then we're just told, this is Peter Parker. Don't question it. This is what you're going to watch for the next, you know, whatever hour. And I, I think Andrews Garfield version of Spider-Man, like when he's in the suit, I think is very, very good. good Spider-Man, but not a very good Peter Parker, in my opinion. I say we just start a vote at this point, because, I mean, I think we're between these two movies, but I think we need to just move on to the number seven. So I am going to abstain until uh, if we reach like a stalemate, I'll weigh in. Trevor's with Sp Amazing Spider-Man 2. Mace, you're with uh, Far From Home. I'm voting for Spider-Man 2. Alden, where are you? Uh, Amazing Spider-Man 2. All right. Looks like Jory doesn't need to weigh in since he didn't want to. Being apolitical is still a political opinion. If I had to vote, I was going to end up with Amazing Spider-Man 2 anyway. PG started. We'll go Alden. What's your take for number seven? I feel like this might be surprising for some of you, but I have Far From Home as my seventh. That is surprising, but I agree. Yeah, I agree also. Wow. After Josh's argument and you putting that there, I agree. Trevor, do you have a problem with Far From Home at seven? No, I can agree with that. Like, how how could you use Magneto as a reveal? Anyone who knows shit about Spider-Man, who has picked up a graphic novel, has watched... Mysterio. Oh, wait, what'd I say? Magneto, please. I meant... Okay, shit. That sounds like a much better Spider-Man movie. Looks like Spider-Man Far From Home is number seven. My number six pick is Amazing Spider-Man 1. I'm gonna veto that. Ooh. Ooh. That's also my number six. Okay. 
That is also my number six. That is my number seven. So sway us, Nate. Well, I want to hear the case for Amazing Spider-Man going here first before I reveal what my number six is. My case for Amazing Spider-Man going here is mainly up to my dislike of this interpretation of the character. Like Trevor was saying before, I really don't like this version of Peter Parker where he's pretty much the complete opposite of what I expect a Peter Parker to be. Andrew Garfield as Spider-Man is cool and all like he's very quippy i would argue that i think he's a little too quippy i think that his character as spider-man comes a lot from his character as peter parker and while it is entertaining i really don't like that interpretation that's fair um my number six and i know this is not going to win anyone is spider-man 3 spider-man 3 needs to be here instead of amazing spider-man is because the mess that the spider-man movies are in come from what happened with spider-man 3 and i believe deep down there is a good movie within spider-man 3 but the studio involvement with that picture is what ruined it they didn't just trust sam raimi to do what he wanted they felt they needed to add another villain and they felt they needed to complicate the story that was already it was already pretty dense sam raimi's first draft and they kind of just killed all momentum that they had going forward i think we'd live in a much better world if Spider-Man 3 wasn't the movie that it was, because I don't think we'd have to reestablish the Spider-Man lore just a few years later. You wouldn't also have to do that for a third time just a few years after that. Everything that I have a problem with with Spider-Man as a whole comes from the like lackluster Spider-Man 3. And while there's elements in there that are great, I think overall, Amazing Spider-Man is a much more satisfying movie. And I know that this might be controversial since everyone has it at this spot. But what I love about Amazing Spider-Man is it it's different than the first two Spider-Man movies we got. And everyone's going to say, oh, they just do the origin story again. It's just a worse version of Spider-Man. That's fair. And I respect that take. But what I liked more about Amazing Spider-Man is how great Andrew Garfield is in that character. How they feel the need to start with his first girlfriend, Gwen Stacy, instead of give us Mary Jane again. They make a lot of bold, creative differences here that are really great. And you know what else they do? They don't just throw the Osborne Oscorp in, a, in our faces right off the bat with this origin story. We start off with a dumb villain. I don't like uh, the fucking reptile or whatever. The lizard. <laughs> the reptile? <laughs> <laughs> I don't like Mortal Kombat or whatever. I don't like Mortal Kombat's reptile. The Amazing Spider-Man movies, after the first one, were going to be what the first Spider-Man movies should have been. And I found Andrew Garfield's modern interpretation of what a nerd is way more enjoyable than Tobey Maguire being the cheesiest fucking stereotypical Jerry Lewis, Dr. Doolittle-ass nerd. <laughs> He's terrible in those movies. The performances in Amazing Spider-Man are good across the board. Martin Sheen as uh, the fucking Uncle Ben, fantastic. I really love Amazing Spider-Man. And I think putting it at number six on a list like this is a slap in the face. I would love to slap Amazing Spider-Man in the face here. The story doesn't go anywhere with any of that. It's the first movie. The follow-up to this movie is Amazing Spider-Man 2, which we all just agreed is the worst Spider-Man movie. I think that what Amazing Spider-Man, the first one, does so well is this came out the same year as The Dark Knight Rises. Where was DC going at this time? 
They were trying to fucking make Superman a gritty character. Did they make Spider-Man too gritty? No, they kept him grounded. They made New York a little bit more realistic. It doesn't feel like you're living in this cartoon fantasy, but it does not go off the deep end into being this dark, gritty thing. It is still a campy movie, and it still has over-the-top moments, but what it has is grounded and realistic characters and a way better romance than anything in any other Spider-Man movie on this entire list. Okay. I, I really like the scene where the kid's stuck in the car and he puts the he puts his mask on the little kid. It's the best scene in all these movies. Yeah, it's definitely one of the best on-screen Spider-Man moments in general. Andrew Garfield plays Spider-Man extremely well. I get maybe a little too quippy. I love Amazing Spider-Man. And for it to be number six, when there's way worse movies that are going to go above it, it's just a bra moment. I, I have to put Spider-Man 3 here because it's the lowest movie on my list that we haven't talked about yet. But I could see it three or four other movies going here in this spot. Should we vote or is anybody vetoing, vetoing that veto? I kind of want to veto, but I don't think I'm going to, because I enjoy Spider-Man 3 a lot. Yeah, so do I. So do I. But I think a lot of its problems are completely valid, as Nate pointed out, but I think a lot of the reason I like it is surely based on the nostalgia I felt. When I see that movie, I feel like I was still watching it for the first time, you know. I go back to when I was... 10 or 8 or whatever, when I first watched it in theaters, I remember thinking, oh, look, it's a black Spider-Man. It's just still kind of all... Wait, this isn't Spider-Verse, Trevor. Yeah, I really liked Spider-Verse, too. That was 2018. But, I mean, I, I can't I can't disagree with that veto because I agree, technically, Spider-Man 3 is the worst movie in every regard, but to me personally, that just does not yeah, belong. I would agree that Spider-Man 3 is a worse movie than Amazing Spider-Man and doesn't do as interesting things with the character as it does. But I feel like I would be lying to myself and everyone else if I said that Amazing Spider-Man was a more entertaining movie than Spider-Man 3. You need to rewatch Amazing Spider-Man, Jory. It's not that bad. I really don't. I'm sorry. I'm voting for Amazing Spider-Man to stay in six. I think Nate had a really had some really good points, and I'm going to sway and say Spider-Man 3. I'm obviously voting for Amazing Spider-Man. Spider-Man 3 needs to be number 6. Amazing. You guys lose. We tried, Nate. No, you didn't. What do you mean? I voted. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Josh, you're at number 5. Uh, my number 5 is uh, Spider-Verse. Whoa. I veto that. Thank you, Alden. Whoa. I'm putting Homecoming here. Yeah, I agree. Hmm. Interesting. Joe, are you ready? I guess so. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't think that this would be what we were talking about. I have Spider-Man 3 here. Oh, so Spider-Man 3 is fine to go at number 5, but number 6, God forbid? <laughs> yeah, no, I don't think it's... Yeah, I think Amazing Spider-Man belongs lower. <laughs> I thought we weren't going to get passionate about this list. Who the fuck says that? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm still not passionate. <laughs> I just think that that's just really interesting the way that this turned like, okay, Spider-Man 3 is going up to top three. All right. Alden did the veto. Should I talk about Spider-Verse first? Yeah. I don't love Spider-Verse like everybody else. That doesn't mean I hate it. I don't want to come off as racist as a hater of this movie. God damn it. I really like the uh, the design and the um, the characters in this. That was all for Miles Morales coming into the MCU before Tom Holland got casted. He's fine in this movie, just nothing nothing spectacular, no pun intended. Got him. The whole Peter B. Parker thing was 
funny, but I don't know. It just didn't. I didn't feel it as the um, the best Spider-Man movie as a lot of people see it as. I want to veto and say that Spider-Man 3 should go here because I really feel like we are completely off the mark here to go from talking about Amazing Spider-Man and Spider-Man 3 battling for number six to then jump up to like Spider-Verse and Homecoming. That I feel like we just missed so many movies. Thank you, Jory. You saved this list. That was the most powerful veto I've ever witnessed in my life. Spider-Man 3, for everything that like Nate and I were just talking about earlier, I think it rides the line between that bad and mediocre, but I think that there's just enough that's like dumb funny about it to keep me going through it. I would absolutely not put into the Spider-Verse or Homecoming below it. I actually really like the editor's cut of Spider-Man 3. That's just a random thought. That's what I've watched the most. For every dancing Peter Parker, it has a really good scene with Sandman. And this movie didn't kill the franchise like people say it did. This movie made bank. It was ultimately the studio pushing Sam Raimi to get a fourth one out uh, quickly. Yeah, but the studio's interference in this movie and then they're further, like they felt the need to continue pushing their influence as it went on was what killed it. So I think that saying that Spider-Man 3 killed the franchise is absolutely fair. Yeah, any credible director would step down after that much studio interference. I mean, Sam Raimi loved the character Spider-Man, though. He wanted to... Of course he did. Everybody does. Yeah, and he gave him three fanta- uh, two fantastic movies. And- <laughs> I mean, I haven't heard a lot for Spider-Verse yet. Because uh, everyone disagrees with you, Josh. Spider-Verse is fucking phenomenal. Can you tell me why? Yeah. You want me to tell you why? Yes. It does something different in a refreshing way. It's not the same character. It don't give a shit. It does something interesting with the lore. And one of the characters is the same character. He's just in a parallel universe that they can't get to. And then you got Peter B. Parker, who's like the failure superhero that we we honestly haven't seen anything like that. The animation style alone should push this movie into the top three. I really don't understand how you could put Into the Spider-Verse at number five on this list. It is the most unique movie on this entire list. Hands down. Yeah, I don't even like Spider-Verse as much as everybody else, but no, it's not a number five. I I can't put Homecoming above Spider-Man 3. Homecoming's, like, the best part of that entire movie is honestly Vulture. Having one good villain is better than three mediocre villains. I think they're good villains. I think Sandman is a really good villain. Sandman is a really good villain. I don't see how how he's bad. He's in the movie for, like, 25 minutes. That's fine. It's not the main antagonist of the movie. It's fine. I don't see that. There were three villains. I think I think you're wrong about that, Nate. I feel like Sandman has some really good scenes, actually. I think you're sleeping on. In the editor's cut, he's... No, not even in the editor's cut. In the beginning, when, he's, when he ran to his... He's in 25 minutes of the movie. I agree that Sandman has good scenes, but he's also like a minor, minor, minor villain, and his arc... Yeah, no, the worst villain is Venom, and I don't find that to be that bad either i just i can't put vulture as one villain above the three villains in spider-man 3 holden you sound like a sony rep (laughs) more is not equal to better vulture is one of the best villains that's in the mcu and i agree with you but the rest of homecoming just doesn't he does not compensate for it but then again vulture isn't the only good thing about homecoming i've caused chaos this episode yeah, you have, and for some reason, you guys are saying that Spider-Man 3 should move on over Homecoming and Spider-Verse. 
to tell you the truth, I can't even remember who the vulture is. The past 10 minutes I've been sitting here trying to think of who the hell that is. <laughs> it's Michael <laughs> Keaton with wings. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah, he was the construction worker, right? Yeah, and he's like his girlfriend's dad. I prefer Spider-Man 3. I know Sandman doesn't have that much screen time and everything, but in the time that he does have, it's what I remember. I remember him lighting on fire, turning into glass, and seeing Spider-Man whack him. I don't remember anything about the Vulture, but I certainly remember all of the scenes with the Sandman in it. And for me, that's why Spider-Man 3 is above. And Kingpin's like backstory in Spider-Verse feels like a Sam Raimi movie backstory, but you get it at the very end of the movie and it barely affects you. Yeah, I think Kingpin is lame in, in uh, Spider-Verse. But I mean, here's the thing. Spider-Man as a character isn't driven by his villains. He's only driven by his villains in like two or three of these movies, and his villains are never that good. My list is so compromised now, I barely even understand where we're at. Everybody just vote what they think should be at this slot. Spider-Man Homecoming, uh, Into the Spider-Verse, and Spider-Man 3. Those are the three options you have to vote at number five on this list. Okay, I'm going to cast my vote first, and it's Spider-Man 3. I, I'm clearly Homecoming. Homecoming. I'm also voting Spider-Man 3. Homecoming. Homecoming. There it is at number five. All right. Thank you, Josh. Number four. It's my turn to put a movie in its place. I'm putting Spider-Man 3 at number four, because if it goes any higher on this list, we're just going to look like the biggest Sam Raimi fanboys ever. Yeah, this is already looking like a kind of clown list. <laughs> Trevor, do it. <laughs> I'm absolutely not going to veto that. <laughs> Spider-Verse is better than Spider-Man 3 in every way. Thank you, Trevor. You're my best friend still. There's still the other Sam Raimi Spider-Man movies. All right, so Spider-Man 3 is number four on the top eight greatest Spider-Man movies of time. There you go, Josh. Are you happy? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I am. That means our top three is Spider-Man 2002, Spider-Man 2 2004, and Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse 2018. Now we just have to determine what that order is. Can I throw out Spider-Man 2002? No. No. No one's going to agree with you there, but I do. I think, I think Spider-Man 2002 has a really awesome parallel with the origins of both Spider-Man and Green Goblin. And it sets up Peter Parker having a personal relationship with the antagonist so perfectly. And it also sets up future arcs in the sequel with Harry and then sets up a will they won't they with MJ Spider-Man does a lot of great things for what should have been a all-around really great franchise that should have continued longer yeah also if we want to bring this conversation back to just the villains I think that the villain in Spider-Man 2002 has only been topped in one movie in this entire list besides it and even that is debatable but Willem Dafoe as the Green Goblin is so amazing. He steals the movie. I think the better Spider-Man origin movie we put at number six on this list. So I agree with Alden that Spider-Man should probably be at number three. I'll agree with that. I disagree with every part of what you just said. I really disagree with that. I genuinely prefer, or at least preferred, watching Spider-Man 2 as a kid. Okay, but, but why, Alden? Like, if I'm talking specifically villains... I like seeing Doc Ock more than I like seeing Willem Dafoe. But that's exactly what I said. I said that there was only one movie on this. And You're telling me Willem Dafoe isn't entertaining at all? He's a, he's a fucking Power Rangers villain in the middle of a blockbuster. 
He's way out of place in this, this whole movie. The whole movie was a Power Rangers. Are you kidding me? He's out of place in <laughs> Sam Raimi's Tobey Maguire Spider-Man? Are you high? Did you watch this movie? This movie is the definition of Power Rangers cheese. You are clowning hard, Nate. I mean, I love it. Don't get me wrong. But I, it, it's it's over the top. It's campy, and that's fine. Yeah, and I don't. The mind. whole movie is campy. Hey, guess what? I don't mind that. I'm just saying I don't think it deserves to be number one or two on this. You list. just said you just said Willem Dafoe is out of place in the movie. In terms of villains and in terms of stakes, I really don't give a shit about his villain. I don't give a shit about Green Goblin. I'm glad that he dies at the end of the movie. I think the relationship between him and Harry is really well developed, where Harry really gives a shit. I think the relationship between him, Harry, and Peter is very well developed in this movie. How there's the whole thing where uh, Harry is jealous of Peter because uh, Ozzy sees him, sees Peter as more the son that he wanted than Harry, and how Harry's not good enough for him. I think that that's great, and I think that you were really sleeping on it. When they graduated and Harry's father's talking to Peter the whole time, even though his son just graduated high school. I love when 30-year-olds graduate high school. <laughs> I loved it when it happened in Amazing Spider-Man also. At least they were better looking 30-year-olds. I'll counter that point, Nate, with Tobey Maguire actually looks like a geek. Gotta. Like, come on. Here's the thing also, we're talking about Spider-Man 2 versus Spider-Man here for number three. I think Spider-Verse should go here. Yeah, wait. Spider-Verse should go here. No, I disagree. I disagree. We weren't talking about Spider-Man 2 going here, Jory. Alden was. Alden kept bringing up Spider-Man 2 in relation to Spider-Man 1. Yeah, because I put it above Spider-Man 1. I would also put Spider-Man 2 above Spider-Man 1. Guess what? So do I, but we're at number 3. I would too. I'm sticking with what I'm saying. That's great. I'm also with Alden in that Spider-Man 2002 should go right here. Well, I want to hear Trevor. Well, I disagree. I think everything about Spider-Man 2 does it better than Spider-Man 1. But furthermore, I prefer Spider-Verse over Spider-Man uh, Spider 1. I don't know. Something about the animation style is so important for me for this movie. That sounds like a 3 to 1 to me, Josh and Jory. How does that feel? I guess that's a 3 to 1. Why are you so mean? <laughs> yeah, jeez. Nate has a Manhattan and now he's Doc Ock. No, you guys just derailed my entire argument. I have Amazing Spider-Man at number three. We got rid of it, like, way too damn early. <laughs> <laughs> I'm more salty well, then, than anything. Nate, you, sh <laughs> Nate, you should have mentioned that when we were putting it at number six. <laughs> All right, so number two, we've got <laughs> Spider-Man two or into the spider-verse whoa whoa whoa! we didn't vote for the third slot it was a three to two yes we did we had a three to two vote oh okay i sorry alden myself and pg skizzies all agreed spider-man 2002 is going at number three mace please get a water no i literally sorry i missed the vote guys number two we are arguing between spider-verse and spider-man 2 where do we all stand I put Spider-Man 2 in second. Spider-Verse. I have uh, I have Spider-Verse at number two. I really genuinely love the villains in all three Sam Raimi Spider-Man movies. Even if they're flawed, even if they have too much or too little screen time, I think that Doc Ock is the best executed version out of all of them because he not only truly seems intimidating in that world and his powers seem to be that of something greater than Spider-Man's, He's also well-established as being this kind of Byronic hero in a way in which he really just wants 
to create this device as a means of medicine, as a means of, of a cure. And really it's more of an hi a hindrance and it's part of his destruction. And I think that that is something that's really amazing. Now in Into the Spider-Verse, in terms of being an animated movie, it's one of the most unique looking animated movies, but the plot and the narrative are nowhere near as gripping as that of Spider-Man 2. I agree with Nate completely. Yeah, in terms of the plot, it really isn't that special. In terms of the villains, they're kind of just there. To be honest, I barely remember the plot. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> it's just not what the movie's about, which is fine, and I respect that. Spider-Man doesn't need a story. I'm not making a case for Spider-Verse over Spider-Man 2, Josh. I'm on your side. Josh, let him talk. <laughs> um, Trevor, what, what's your take here? No, I'll agree with it. Uh, I think Spider-Man 2 is better in every way. Mm. The everything interesting about Spider-Man is about his struggle, is about him finding his footing and being a hero. And I think that Spider-Verse gets that struggle very well, but I don't think that it gets the moment that he finally establishes himself very well. In in the scene before it, it's immediately introduced as like, oh, you just got to take a leap of faith. And then he just does, and he's like, I'm Spider-Man now. I know how to use all my powers. Yeah, a lot of my problems, his introduction to the powers and this um, the responsibility, I guess, that those powers have, but we don't see him get good with those powers. We don't see him develop those and we don't see him like change as a hero in either of those movies. It's just like, Oh, okay, well now I need to do this. And in homecoming, they just give him a better suit. And then in into the spider verse, he hangs out with overweight Mary Jane divorced me, Spider-Man for like five minutes. And he just knows how to do everything. Like neither one of those are a satisfying superhero build up to me. Alden, do you have anything to say in defense of Spider-Verse? I have a lot to say in defense of Spider-Verse. I'm going to start with Spider-Man 2 and what I like about that. Because Doc Ock is my favorite villain out of the entire franchise. So I'm glad Spider-Man 2 is at least top two. But you want that female Doc Ock puss? I think she's pretty good. My Her friends call her Liv. You want that female Doc Ock puss? <laughs> is that what you just said josh yeah i was making a joke that's hilarious i'm in stitches <laughs> i think she's a decent doc Ock. i'm glad that i'm when he loses his powers in spider-man 2 that is so awkward it doesn't make much sense i like my the only part i like about the entire sequence of him without his powers is when he says focus jumps off a building and then falls onto a Ford Focus. <laughs> I'm sorry, Alden. I'm so sorry. Like, literally, it's, it's, it's such a subtle joke, and it's the only thing that I care about through the entire sequence. You also have the sequence of him stopping the train. You, you have so much in that movie that makes it so good. A Spider-Man movie that's animated, which is a huge step. Clearly, none of the other eight movies even thought about it. What? There's been animated Spider-Man shows. Actually, the best interpretation of Spider-Man? I'm not saying shows. I'm talking about movies and not movies based on the shows either. I'm talking about an actual theatrical release of an animated Spider-Man movie. But you're saying how the animated Spider-Man is, like, like groundbreaking, but the Spectacular Spider-Man animated show, I think, is the best interpretation of Spider-Man beyond the comics. So... What about Spider-Man and his super friends? Yes. There's a lot of animated Spider-Man. Sure, I get that. There is no theatrical Spider-Man release as Spider-Verse. But the thing with Spider-Verse wasn't just that it was animated, but it was as animated as well as it was. Just being animated doesn't inherently make it better than 
it's so good the style is the style is incredible the just the ability to make a animated movie that's pretty much a 3d animation look like a comic book is insane to me from the people who brought you the emoji and hotel transylvania i forgot to mention this for the first spider-man but i think spider-man 2 also does this well is the entire like uh swinging throughout the film i think is really good the final um swing at the end of spider-man 2 is really awesome and iconic yeah the train no the train sequence in spider-man 2 is incredible and it makes up for like most of the downfalls of the movie what are some of the downfalls of the movie i'm curious uh the biggest one is him losing his powers now the biggest one is the love interest with mary jane but whatever that's fine everyone loves that that's the whole trilogy (laughs) nate's right I don't know why people give that a pass. I cried like a baby when you played Cinderella. (laughs) (laughs) Spider-Verse not only doesn't do Peter Parker, which was super refreshing. I'm tired of seeing Peter Parker movies at this point. There are two Peter Parkers. (laughs) Multiple Spider-Mans. And Spider-Girl, Spider-Women in this movie. But none of those Spider-People you mentioned are as interesting as Peter Parker. I like Peter. I like Peter Parker. Yeah, sure. <laughs> we we don't have to just stick with one Spider-Man, which I think is pretty cool. That's something completely different. All of them, except for three or four of them, are used for gags. That's half of them in the movie. True. They're cool, but they're not like I don't want a spin-off movie with any of them. I want a Peter Parker spin-off movie. <laughs> there is a Peter Parker <laughs> spin-off little special. Oh hell yeah! Link me to that after this. <laughs> I mean, we see a completely different Peter Parker than we're used to. One literally dies. We literally kill Peter Parker in this. Actually, there are f- there are like three or four Peter Parkers. But the most interesting part, but the most interesting parts of Peter Parker aren't when he's older. It's usually when he's in high school or college. And Spider Man Two. And that's fine. We've seen a ton of that. This was not about a Peter Parker. We have a Peter Parker in the movie. It is about Miles. It is about the Spider Verse. Guys, be quiet. I'm watching Spider Man caught in a ham. Spider ham. Even Peter Parker. I think Peter Parker is a, a pretty big thing in this. I, I think he's a good character, however gag he's supposed to be. What do you like about Miles, though? The biggest thing is he's not Peter Parker. Give me some character development. Is there anything that is actually better about Spider-Verse without just being different, and therefore it's better? Yes. Because, I mean, Spider-Man 2 is also the first time that we're seeing a lot of this on the big screen as well. It's the second theatrical Spider-Man movie. Yeah. I still think that just the journey in this just feels a lot better. What about it? I really like the fact that a broken down, divorced Peter Parker sort of trains Miles in a terrible way. And that shows. It shows that the training was bad. He couldn't figure anything out. But he does. Yes, without the bad Peter Parker. I think the fact that we have a Peter Parker kind of hold back our main character is a pretty cool thing i think that's great i like seeing it i really don't know what you're talking about (laughs) (laughs) he was there to help him figure out how to be spider-man and he did none of that isn't that training (laughs) spider versus the last jedi of (laughs) spider-man i think having the spider-verse in the way that they one animated it and also had uh just the interaction between Doc Ock and Kingpin 
creating the portal between the universes. That's pretty cool. I think it's better than than the fusion whatever that the Doc Ock and Spider-Man 2 was building. I think all the side characters alongside Miles helps with any shortcomings that Miles has as a character in this movie. How does Peter Porker help with Miles' shortcomings? Peter Porker, like, the only time Peter Porker really did much is in the final sequence, the final fight, when they're all going back to their own Okay, how much universes. did Penny Parker do to help Miles with his shortcomings? Penny Parker talked him through some stuff. <laughs> like what? Specifically when they're all in his dorm, right? I'm just saying that, like, the only characters that really have any influence on Miles at all are Peter B. Parker and Gwen. Yeah. And maybe Aunt May. Jesus, I forgot Gwen was there. How? <laughs> I don't know how you did that. And again, I don't know how Trevor forgot about the vulture. (laughs) (laughs) I think his uncle's really good too. The prowler? I think his uncle I think his uncle was really underdeveloped and I was kind of disappointed by it. So do I. He gets one scene before they kill him off and or before they reveal him as the villain and kill him off. No, he's got a couple scenes. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Yeah, he's got like two different scenes where Miles crashes. I only remember the scene where he teaches him the shoulder touch. Yeah, me too. Because I'm pretty sure the other scene where he comes to his house is when it's revealed that he's the prowler and he's like not there and then he shows up. Yeah. Well, I mean, you have the shoulder touch and then you have them. uh, uh, Oh, the spray paint scene that happens in the same sequence. Where are they? In the subway. Yeah. Yeah, it's the same sequence. Yeah, I bought that chemistry more than I bought the character. I yeah, yeah, I agree. That Miles had a relationship with the the Prowler uncle, whatever his name is, <laughs> Donald Gleason. <laughs> uncle, let me touch your shoulder and name me the Prowler. <laughs> Having another uncle die for a Spider-Man, I preferred seeing the Prowler get shot by Kingpin than I did Uncle Ben dying. Trying to get someone not to steal something. You you prefer you prefer one murder over the other. You what? prefer the murder of a black man over the murder of a white man. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> that 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 whole sequence is not as impactful as Peter talking to Ben in that vision or whatever in Spider Man Two. Like that shit like makes me cry. I feel like there's not. I feel like the four of us are on Spider Man Two. We're just listening to what you say. Yeah, I kind of, I, I knew that at the start. I mean, I really do like Spider-Verse, and I do think it deserves its rightful spot at number two on this list. I mean, for me, the animation style alone puts it in my number one over Spider-Man 2. That was all I was asking for you to say. Yeah, that's... I mean, there's a lot of other things I prefer, especially the fact that it's not Peter Parker. Like, Spider-Man 2 is the first Peter Parker we see in theaters, and that's great. I like how they gave us a lot of Spider-Man 2. Like, that was something that's interesting, because it wasn't just, hey, this yeah i would have liked it more if like this isn't just the first movie with someone besides peter parker as spider-man it's like hey look all these other people have been spider-man over the years and look at the other ones to celebrate to me that and the animation are the only two things that make spider-man into the spider-verse as interesting as it is is that they actually explore years of comic book lore with one movie and it's not like overbearing it's like a really easy to follow almost family-centered movie. All right, so do we vote? Yeah, number two is Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. Yep. Yep. All right, so do we want to sing the praises of Spider-Man 2 for a little bit since it's going to be number one on our list? Raindrops keep falling on my head. <laughs> Carefully, he's a hero. What more? It's one of those movies where it's like, what more can you say about it? Like, it's just... It's, it's a been... masterpiece. What I like about Spider-Man 2 and that trilogy in general is that yeah the extras can be over the top but i like that i like that they're adding a bit of uh cheesy flavor to this 
superhero movie. I think a lot of the tone of Spider-Man 2 is better than the general tone of the first Spider-Man movie. And while I agree that they are both well-directed films, I just feel like after you're a movie deep into this universe, it's a lot easier to understand that things can be over the top but you're also expected to take them seriously. It makes you care about the character so much at the end of Spider-Man 2 when you when you see Harry discover the Green Goblin's lair. Like, you're so invested to what's going to happen next. Like, I remember just thinking about what's going to happen in Spider-Man 3 for three years because of that ending, how good it, ex- how well it was executed, where, it, and it was a slow build for um, Harry and uh, Peter, where Harry didn't figure out that uh, Peter killed his father, well, that he thinks Peter killed his father, until the climax of the film. Something else that I love about the tone of the Raimi trilogy that I do think that uh, Spider-Man 2 perfects is it really has its cake and eats it too with like the cheesy like take on everything, but still with the serious story. I mean, Doc Ock is far and away a better execution of the like villain uh, driven mad by his own creation than... Uh, Willem Dafoe is, even though they're both fantastic, but uh, Alfred Molina plays it so much more grounded, but yet you still have those scenes where he, like, is walking through a bank and tearing shit around with his tentacles, and he's, like, grabbing bags of money and an old lady, and, like, running away being like, oh, you'll never catch me, (laughs) Spider-Man. It's so good. I love it so much. It's literally perfectly executed, and I think one thing that's also um, as interesting as the animation style that is offered in spider-verse is how different the cinematography is in spider-man 2 as opposed to pretty much any other superhero movie is those that cinematography those wide angle close-ups are just so not a part of the typical shot list and shot composition of a superhero movie they go out of the way to make this feel like a comic book like the evil dad it it almost feels amateurish but at the same time it's so well executed i mean i gotta mention it jk simmons as j jonah jameson is like one of the best casted comic book adaptations ever so good the fact that, that he came back in another in, uh... franchise yeah he so came back that in the worst all Spider-Man that people movie. could talk about about far from home coming out of the theater yeah to be honest i like how in the spider-man ps4 game they uh they turn into like an Alex Jones podcaster, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> PG, you want to sing your praises on Spider-Man too? You know, it's a pretty good film. I haven't seen it in a while, but I mean, I the thing I remember most, of course, is Doc Ock, and uh, you know, it's the little things like uh, J. Jonah Jameson. It's just the little things in the movie that really show how important it is for me. And well, let's uh, let's all say our personal top eight lists. Um... I'll start since it's the most embarrassing. At number eight, I had Amazing Spider-Man 2. At number seven, I had Spider-Man Far From Home. At number six, I had Spider-Man 3. Number five, Spider-Man Homecoming. Number four, Spider-Man. Number three, Amazing Spider-Man. Number two, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. And number one, Spider-Man 2. Yeah, so uh, 8 was Amazing Spider-Man 2, 7, Amazing Spider-Man 1, 6 is Far From Home, 5 is Homecoming, 4 is Spider-Man 3, uh, 3 is Spider-Verse, 2 is Spider-Man 2, or Spider-Man 1, and number 1 is Spider-Man 2. Pretty much the same for the bottom half. 
Uh, I had Amazing Spider-Man 2 at number eight. Uh, for seven was Far From Home. Six was Amazing Spider-Man. Five was Homecoming. Four was Spider-Man 2002. Three was Spider-Man 3. Two was Spider-Man 2. And one was Spider-Verse. Mine was uh, number eight was Amazing Spider-Man 2. Then Spider-Man Far From Home. Amazing Spider-Man. Spider-Man 3. Into the Spider-Verse. Homecoming. Spider-Man. Spider-Man 2. My number eight is Spider-Man Far From Home. My number seven is Amazing Spider-Man 2. My number six is Amazing Spider-Man. My number five is Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. Number four, Spider-Man 3. Number three, uh, Spider-Man Homecoming. Number two, Spider-Man 2. And number one, Spider-Man. All right. Well, that was our list. Number eight is Amazing Spider-Man 2. Number seven, Spider-Man Far From Home. Number six. Can you bring yourself to say it? (laughs) Amazing Spider-Man. Number five, Spider-Man Homecoming. Number four, Spider-Man 3. Number three, Spider-Man. Number two, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. And number one, Spider-Man 2. Honestly, I'm more okay with our list than I thought I would be. But I can see where we're going to get backlash. I mean, that's fine. Where do you think we're... The biggest, we'd get, we'd catch some heat from putting Spider-Man 3 over the MCU Spider-Man movies. <laughs> and I also feel like we'd catch some heat from, uh, I mean, at least personally, I, I feel attacked that Amazing Spider-Man got grouped in so poorly with Amazing Spider-Man 2. You guys, that movie needs a rewatch, y'all. It's not that bad. Parker was trash. <laughs> <laughs> So when I was initially listing these, I put Amazing 2 over Amazing 1 for the sole fact that Spider-Man killed Gwen Stacy. You're a fucking monster. I mean, sort of. He would have died either way. Jesus Christ. Alden, what is with you and what is with you and murders in this episode? Oh, I I could do I could do more. Don't you worry, Josh. Alden, I really wish I I really wish I asked you uh, when you were talking about Spider Verse. But how old is Gwen in that movie? Uh, she's like fifteen, I believe. Wasn't her best friend the Peter Parker of that universe? Yeah, but the time yeah time moves differently between universes is what she said. I think in Spider Gwen's universe, that is a different Peter Parker because that Peter Parker never becomes Spider Man. But she had already become Spider Man, so wouldn't it have been like longer? longer? Peter Park. Peter Parker was her Uncle Ben. He died. Is there a comic book or a Spider Man comic book that you wish they'd put to screen, or you feel they haven't put to screen well yet? I would like to see a uh, Scorpion at some point properly. I really like the actor that they chose for him in Homecoming, and I really wish that Far From Home was a sequel to Homecoming. Yeah, a more direct sequel. Yeah, because like it would have. I was so excited for that. Like you got the Vulture meeting up with um, Nacho Varga. And now, now that everybody knows he's Peter Parker, that scene with Vulture, him hiding his identity, means nothing now. You're absolutely right about that. But I thought when they casted paul giamatti as rhino i was so fucking excited i was like oh this is gonna be this is my favorite spider-man villain my favorite character actor of the 21st century we got paul giamatti as the rhino and when he's like this just joke of a character in amazing spider-man 2 i cried i literally was like oh my god all my expectations out the window Doc like he bookends the movie is just like a, a burglar with a rhino suit like what 
<laughs> Dog he's doing a terrible Russian accent. Like, <laughs> I am also really surprised we made it all the way through this podcast without mentioning Jamie Foxx as Electro. I can't believe. I feel like as soon as we. Well, that's the thing. I was about to say. I think Electro needs more in terms of in the movies because. I don't like the character at all, but I love the look of Electro in the climax, his black suit with the blue. One thing I will say about the MCU movies is the redesigns of all the villains have been like pretty good so far. Like I really liked the new look that they gave the Vulture. I'm glad he wasn't just an old man in a bird suit. I'm a bird. I want them to do Spider-Man's, like Peter Parker's relationships, are the thing that make him the most interesting than other superhero movies to me, or superhero characters rather. What what I like about Spider-Man is you care about the side characters a lot. Like, I don't care who Batman's, like, fucking, like, to be honest, like, in any of the movies. It, it's always his pitfall. It's always Batman's pitfall. I feel like Black Cat and Catwoman to Batman's relationship is the exact same thing. Yes, but Peter Parker and Gwen Stacy and Peter Parker and Mary Jane, that that love triangle are the best relationships in all comic books, period. Oh, yeah, yeah. But like Black Cat. They got Gwen Stacy so right in Amazing Spider-Man. Hands down. And I was so excited to see where they were gonna get Mary Jane in there. And then Spider Amazing Spider-Man 2 just shit his pants. I think that they killed her way too early. I feel like they should have given that relationship a chance to like be in the sun a little bit longer. Mm-hmm. Did you know that Steven Spielberg is from Cincinnati, Ohio? You can't do that. He's from Cincinnati, Ohio. He's from Cincinnati. We should get him on the video. So, Steve, what do you think your best movie is? Steven, if you're watching this and you want to debate Spider-Man movies with us, I know you've probably only had time to watch the first two that Sam Raimi made, but we'd love to have you on. What do you think the Spider-Man movie would have been like if uh, James Cameron directed it? With Leonardo DiCaprio as Spider-Man? Well, anybody. Just, we know James Cameron, like, was in talks to direct it. What, What if it, like, happened? I think that had been interesting. I think it would have been interesting, not necessarily good. They would have gotten the romance out of the park. It would have been so well done. The action sequences probably would have been better as well. It probably would have been just a Titanic reskin. Pretty much. Well, Trevor, what do you have to say about your first uh, your first uh, guest appearance on our podcast? I think I'll be back anytime soon. You don't think, or you <laughs> what? <laughs> no, I won't come back. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, thanks for your time, Trevor. Great to have this discussion, and I'm really glad a list that I honestly feel a lot better about than I originally thought while making it. So thank you all for watching. Leave a comment below. Let us know what you think. What's your favorite Spider-Man movie? Is it Spider-Man 2? Are we based? Or is it Spider-Verse and you're, you side with Alden? Or are you really a wacky kook like myself and think that Amazing Spider-Man should have won? You don't even think that. Yeah, wait a minute. <laughs> yeah. Hold on a second. He's just saying some fun stuff to stir the pot down there. Well, someone on our fucking Pixar video today had Toy Story 4 at number two. Wait, are you kidding? Hold on, let me go check that. I was like, are you... Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Duel of the Takes podcast. Next week's topic of discussion will be a bracket-style challenge where we will pin every movie directed by Steven Spielberg head-to-head. 
you want to check out our YouTube video on today's episode, be sure to subscribe to Nathaniel R. Martin. And as always, if I don't see you, good afternoon, good evening, and good night.